Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another podcast of Reconciling Grace. We discuss topics and passages that are related to the Bible here. My name is Pastor Pete Vecchi. I am joined today by Pastor Josh Kugel via telephone. If he sounds a little bit further away, just think of it being a, like an interview of the important pastor from te by telephone who couldn't be here with us today. And then uh, also Pastor Don McDonald, who is joining us from his study in Danforth, Illinois, uh, the Reformed Church in Danforth, Illinois. And Pastor Don is going to be starting things off with us today, talking about the suffering servant of Jesus Christ. Don, take it away. I think one of my favorite texts, especially when I do Good Friday service, is always around Isaiah 53. And, you know, when you look at Jesus Christ and you see who he is, Isaiah 53 just brings to life his ministry. And what he does, and you know, starting at verse two, it says he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. How beautiful and challenging that text is all in one, because there's nothing that draws us to Jesus in his humanity, and yet he is someone that we draw closer to all the time. Um, when I say a statement like that, how, how do you guys react to that? The suffering part of it, you mean, or the suffering part, any part of it? I think we know, at least intellectually, that Jesus suffered. Um, we say we understood his suffering. We know what it was like to be scourged. We know that it was what it was like to be crucified. Um, a lot of people don't realize how much um, physical punishment. He endured probably from the moment he was arrested, just you know, being slapped around, punched around, his beard pulled out, um, that kind of stuff. And we tend to think we know that um, based on the physical side of things. But I don't know that there is anything that we can really even imagine on this side of heaven as to what the spiritual suffering he encountered must have been like. And, and yet when you look at Isaiah, it, it's like God knew it was going to happen to his son, though. Mm -hmm. and God knew that suffering was going to have to take place. I mean, he was despised and rejected by men. Isn't that the guards and all that mm -hmm. going on when he was arrested? And, and the, the power of mm -hmm. suffering is something that God used to draw us unto himself, you know, yeah. that he brought him out in that way. And whenever I think about um, the season that we're in of, of looking at Jesus and seeing Jesus more clearly, 
you know, surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was, and, and this is so powerful, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. The very power of being drawn to the cross of Christ is the reality of knowing in his brokenness, in his shed blood for us, comes eternal life. And, and I think sometimes we don't slow down. We don't slow down enough to really take all that in. When my brother was alive and he was out east, um, there was a hymn he thought that was very apropos for, you know, Lent and Good Friday. It was nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away your sin? The particular church he was serving in would not allow that hymn to be sung because it had the word blood in it and it had <laughs> suffering in it. And, and, and my yeah. bro was like, dude, this is Isaiah 53, that it is about that. You know, we cannot not deny that suffering was needed to bring us into the fullness of God's presence. Doesn't the Bible say without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness? It, it, yeah. Well, go, go, Josh. Well, no, I, I just, so I, I um, preach on the book of Revelation, talking about Church of Smyrna in on Sundays, and one of the things I'm able to say with with 100 percent you know b belief is that to a church in persecution, to a church who is being uh, hurt by their culture, even looking out at the church in, in Sudan and Africa and, and China when they're being mistreated and ultimately killed, Jesus is able to say to each one of those Christians who is being persecuted, "I know what you're going through." Um, because I went through it as well. Um, and I wonder, and, and the thing we, I, I, I struggle with a little bit, it's, it's Jesus's death that ultimately wins us victory, correct? We, we all get that. But we also see that in his suffering somehow, I don't know that he takes on our, the weight of our sins or something like that. And I almost wonder if part of that is just so that we can see that God goes through an immense amount of, of suffering because he loves us that much. We're supposed to somehow see that in that suffering as well. Is that, is that fair to say? I, I think it's very fair because sometimes I think in our culture today, we're almost afraid to say that, yeah, it's not all easy. It's not all great, but through suffering and through hurting, i.e. like Jesus we're brought to a greater life and a greater understanding of life. You know, and what I'm doing right now is, is I'm putting through this, you know, for our Lent season, I'm spending a lot of time really on who Jesus is and how Jesus is someone that gives meaning and purpose to life and how in his suffering and in all those things that's taken place, he does ID with our pain and hurt and don't, don't dodge the pain and hurt, but see what God can do with it. And see how God can bring it to life. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, when I think about the suffering servant and I think about who Jesus is, it, it's very much that that suffering is there to bring us life abundant.
because of God's great love for us and, and in that journey, you know, and yet we have a tendency and that's what's so beautiful about this text. It says, Hey, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And it's like, listen, you know, we have a tendency to want to run away from Jesus. We have a tendency to want to run away from God. And yet, as we run away and we suffer, we begin to realize how much more Jesus has suffered for us and how much more he can bring us into life in the presence of God the Father. You know, that, we want, that, that yeah, truth we want, is there. We want the easy way out, you know, our, our culture. And I don't think it's just our culture. I think, you know, for pretty much, if not all of humanity, you know, we wanted the easy way out. You know, we, we, I, I like the way that the passage says it, you know, we've all gone our way. Right. And we want what we want. We want to get to God. Some, some people don't care about getting to God, but you know, those of us who want to get to God, we want to get to God. We want to be having that fellowship in, in, in union with him. But so often we want to make our own rules. We want to do it our way, and and we don't want to do it going up that high, steep hill. We'd rather maybe make a tunnel through it or, or walk around it or, or whatever. Um, you know, we try to say, and, I, and I'm talking about myself as much as anything. We just try to say that uh, God can't possibly want me to have to go through that, can he? You know? <laughs> and for so many people, that's exactly what happens. Well, and well, um, go ahead, Josh. Well, the the whole part, we all like sheep have gone astray. For one, I think we heard together and all that kind of stuff. But I think it really addresses kind of the the theme so often presented in the Bible, which is choose this day who you're going to serve. Yeah. Um, you can't serve God and money. Um, you can't, you know, give your, you know, it, you, you can't begin to follow me and look back. Um, you know, you, you. In, in comparison, you have to love me and even hate in comparison, your, your mom, your dad, your brother, your wife, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really, are you going to trust and, and give me your all, or are you going to retain it, retain control? Are you going to, um, you know, it's, it's all the way back to the garden. God said, hey, Adam and Eve, I put this beautiful place here for you. All you have to do is leave what is mine for me. And they, you know, well, I don't want to do it your way. Um, and so Jesus took that on, and I think he did it in a way so that we're able to see, um, Hey, Josh, I, I didn't just die for you. I took everything that you carry on and, and I just want you to look at me and know that I carry the weight of your sin and, and, and I'm, and, and I'm going to win victory over it, you know? And I think that's the power of verse 10 of Isaiah 53. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Uh, it, it's, it's sort of like, you know, in that journey of, of life, looking at everything we do, it's realizing how awesome and great, like you've said, Josh, so beautifully, that we're loved. Yeah. That we're loved. We're loved to the point that Jesus became one of us. That we're loved. And, and, and loving us cost him. Yes. 
Yeah. The Lord's will that he has crushed. Did you notice that? Yeah. It says, Yet it was the Lord's yeah. will because yeah. he loves us and he wants his grace and his mercy and his goodness to be a part of that journey of, of yeah. life. You know, if, if anything, the power of, you know, Good Friday and the Lent season is really to see how great God's love is to the point that Jesus accepted the reality of being a suffering servant for us. Yeah. I want to present, present something really quick. I, I love, I have some friends that I really love and I love my wife. Um, and, and you guys probably know there, there's a difference to those two. <laughs> and, and there's some guys that I've known some of them for six months or so. I'll give them a hug when we leave, you know, I won't see them for another couple of weeks. I'll say, love you, man. And then with my wife, who I spend like half the money I make on, she has my retirement. Uh, you know, I, I forever will sacrifice my own wants and desires for her. She can look at me in the way I love and, and, and recognize in me that by the way I live, that I love her. Yeah. And I almost think right here, leading up to the cross, Jesus is saying, not just, Hey, love you, man. <laughs> Let me tell you how much I love you. Yes. Let me, let me show you how much I love you. Let me show you how much I cannot bear to be separated from you for eternity. Let, and, and, and we are supposed to look, I think we're supposed to look at that and remind ourselves every year of this. Yes, it was his death that freed us from the grip of sin, but that suffering just showed me and, and drew me and reminded me of how much God loves me and how much he went through for me and how much he, you know, and, and also what the gap was between me and him. Um, this is what it took. You know, it took God giving himself for me because I carried that weight. Um, Do you think that um, it also might show us just how bad sin is yeah yeah because it took that much i mean i've had the question asked to me before and i think that i'm really really not anywhere near answering it in a way that is deep enough but you know it's like well god made the rules why did he have to make his son suffer why did he have to have his son suffer why couldn't he just say you know okay that's it let's just forgive everybody um I think that people don't realize that sin is what separates us from God. And, and we, we serve a holy God. And when we are in God's presence, finally, I'm talking about after this life, we have to understand that sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. We, we kind of tend to slough off some sins as not being as bad as others but any sin separates us from god and i'd like to use the illustration of you know josh we're joking because you're up in illinois today where it's cold and you know usually you're down in um, gulfport mississippi where it's not as 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 cold but imagine um, the word the word is warm <laughs> but i'm talking about i'm going to give something that's a little bit uh comparatively making even what you're talking about warm i'm talking about hot yeah imagine the middle okay. of Imagine the middle of Phoenix, Arizona, in in July and August. Yeah, and yeah. put and put a, a snowball that somehow you got on top of a blacktop driveway. How long is that snowball going to last? 
Yeah. Oh. That's yeah. the way that sin is in God's presence. It, it cannot exist in the same place. And, yeah. and, and Jesus went through all that stuff, I think, partly just to show us how serious sin is because it is sin that separates yeah. us from God and his fellowship. But I think yeah. when, we, when we claim the Jesus as Lord and Savior, I, I and we deal with the reality of sin, we deal how he suffered for us to remove that sin. I, I found my head going to that good old hymn, Man Can It Be That I Should Gain? And, and the last verse says, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus, yeah. all and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim yeah. the crown through Christ my own. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? And, and it's so powerful to think that with the suffering servant and with him being pierced and crushed for us and yeah. all those things, it brings to life the power of God's love for us. But I, I almost think Easter is, is not just, it, it's an annual reminder for us to re-examine the cost that God paid. Amen. But I also think it goes, it goes into, uh, into partnership with Christmas because the cost didn't start on the road to the cross. The cost began when God, who had never experienced pain, who had never experienced uh, his mom being out of the room and the loneliness that brings, who had never experienced uh, puberty, uh, who had never experienced a stubbed toe or a skinned leg or a dad who would eventually die or not knowing how to do uh, carpentry or something like God put himself in the place where he became flesh. And I can't imagine that that's like a fun experience, <laughs> you know, for the eternal, for the eternal all knowing star breathing molecule uh, aware god um the the cost wasn't it, it, it may have been kind of uh the, the 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 peak of it is the road to the cross and the beating and suffering and all but uh, it it began you know nine months before he was born in in yeah. mary's womb uh mm -hmm. as now he's confused like i i don't know I, um, I, I the, keep... the extent that God loved us is just far more than we ever give him credit for. And I keep um, reveling in hearing you, Josh, thinking about Philippians 2, starting at verse 6, where it says, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made mm -hmm. himself nothing. And, and the RSV, when I preach this, I always end up in the RSV because it says he emptied himself of yeah, nothing yeah. he gave of himself taking the very nature of a servant being made in the in human likeness you know that's what you're saying yeah. in essence is can you wrap around your mind this suffering servant bringing to life god's love yeah. so that we can be with him and being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on the cross and and yeah. Such a powerful hymn, a New Testament hymn that Paul wrote there. You know, yeah. I got to finish it for victory's sake. It says, therefore, God exalted him <laughs> to the highest place. He gave him the name yeah. that is above every name, that every name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge 
that Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. I mean, just that power, of the suffering servant, how Paul brings it to life in Philippians. And, and if, and if you ever feel like God is ambivalent towards you, if you ever feel like he doesn't care about your situation, if you ever feel like God doesn't know what's going on in your life or, or doesn't care enough to have a plan for you or doesn't know, uh, doesn't feel one way or the other about what you're doing right now or doing tomorrow or doesn't know that you're lonely or doesn't know that you're hurting or doesn't know that you're in sorrow, this is a reminder God gave more than anyone has ever given for you because he loves you so desperately that he became flesh, walked through an entire life, uh, was scorned by his own creation, uh, was beaten to the point of where Isaiah says you can no longer tell he was human, and then died uh, uh, like next to two thieves uh, in shame, naked, all because he loves you. <laughs> I mean... Naked, man. Naked, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, we. I think we know that, but I don't know that a lot of <laughs> people know that. That those those. Hey, imagine uh, being in front of your mom like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, a lot of the a lot of the depictions that we see of the crucifixion um, are they usually have them wrapped. Attempts, yeah, attempts. Yeah, because you can't. Some, you can't put that in front modesty. of kids in a yeah. church, <laughs> right? But that's what I'm saying. Is he? 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 Most certainly almost certainly was totally naked. Now, I've heard some people try to say that, well, the Romans, you know, tried to show some mercy and blah, blah, blah. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, and well, we, we, um, we disney everything in scripture. Um, you know, we make it uh, a little, you know, so it can be said around proper people. <laughs> <laughs> well, the word the word is sanitized. I and I I have, I have to tell you a story. I was showing um, it was Mel Gibson's movie um, on Jesus Passion Christ, of Christ. death. It's not yeah. coming to me. The title Passion of the Christ, yeah, the Passion, Passion of, of the Christ. Christ. And I was trying to show a section after the crucifixion, and it was to my youth group, and I missed, and they watched. The the Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson made that really real. Oh, yeah. And a couple of the kids saw it, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be in trouble because it's a very violent scene. Very Yes, it is. Very yeah. poignant. And the one girl, um, when she saw it, she, went, she was just the tears were rolling down her eyes. I thought, oh, great, I'm going to be in trouble, you know, type of thing. And yeah. she went home to her mom, and she says, I just saw something, Mom. I saw how much God loves me, that yeah. what Jesus did for me and the pain he went through for me and that love to have me be a child of God, I have to accept Jesus as Lord. Mm. So that suffering drew her to him because she had, she had had major events in her life at that time that had just taken place. And it was like things started to make sense, but it started with seeing Jesus as that suffering servant. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. so poignant, so powerful. I always wondered if God loved me, and then I saw how much he loved me. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, we, we could go different directions from here. Um, I, I, I think that um, 
it's been really interesting talking about that whole emptying himself out. I think it's, uh, we call that the kenosis statement for those people who want to use the 50 cent word. Um, the theologian. theologian. Yeah, theologian. I, I really, what I really like the fact that you, get, you had your reformed pastor here quoting a hymn from Charles Wesley. That was really. You're welcome. That You're was welcome. low, Pete. Yeah. That's low. <laughs> no, but still, no, but I mean, still, we, um, you know, there's so many great hymns of the faith, and 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 as we talked about, the Bible sanitizes things in certain ways. I, I you know, I, I've often wondered why didn't it ever say more about what was the crucifixion like? You know, I mean, basically, the Gospels say, and there they crucified him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think a lot of it has because back then, back then they would have known. Right, right. That's what I was about to say. Is that people would have known what crucifixion meant, and. Um, yeah. You know that that was the that was the worst possible death that the Romans could conceive of. Yeah, they 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 um what I would say they kept well, that it was for it was for it was for the purpose. Yeah, it was a teaching death, wasn't it? Right. They reserved that for the worst offenders that they yeah. that could, and um, you know, I believe the word is deterrent. People would literally yeah. hang up there for days. And that's why, if you remember when Pilate was asked about, um, from, from Joseph of Arimathea, about taking the body of Jesus down, um, he couldn't believe that he was already dead. But, you know, he was. And it had been, what, six hours, you know? So let me, let, me, let me ask you a question, Pete. The, the worst one, the worst imaginable form of uh, punishment, death, or something like that, why were two thieves up there? They were the scum of the earth. They were not okay. Roman citizens. They were, um, and and we were they necessarily thieves. They were just criminals. I, I don't know that the word thieves is that may be. I don't know. The I'd word, have to. I'd have to look again. Yeah, I don't know the word. I think we kind of infer that, um, and I think that sometimes that's what they've been known as. But they they've been known as common criminals. Um, I don't know what okay. it's common, but what I'm saying, they weren't Roman citizens. They were, you know, the, uh, you know, just the the regular old riffraff. I think that's the word I was looking for is riffraff of of the time there. And Jesus died yeah. with them. He died in between them. He died because yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a glorious death. <laughs> no, that? no, it was not a glorious death. Yeah. No, I don't know if you've ever seen. You talked about. Um, Mel Gibson's movie. There was another movie that came out a few years ago called um, Risen, and it's basically a post-biblical movie. It's it's not necessarily using the Bible, you know, word for word, but it's kind of a hey, it could have happened this way. But I mean, one of the things it shows is how after Jesus rose from the dead, how the Romans were trying to find the body. And then we're digging up bodies, trying to show that this is Jesus. But we can't find one that said, this is Jesus. Right. And, and how they they literally were throwing the bodies where Jesus was was taken, his body was taken from by Joseph of Arimathea. Um, in this movie, they showed um, the bodies of the two criminals next to him just kind of thrown into the pit next to the crosses. And, you know, where other bodies were decaying and the and the soldiers were throwing it down, they were having to hold their faces just because it reeked so badly, you know. Um, 
this this is real folks it was real well and and back to the topic at hand that that is how great the suffering was for jesus right this is how low god had to go to show his love for us and and to realize that in that pierce and that crushing and that moment of being broken how great god's grace and love is for us um i'm going to take a step back i i had to look because curiosity was killing me luke 23 32 through 55 is jesus's you know crucifixion and luke just says criminals for the record, okay. just to let you okay. know, um, repeatedly. wonder where that comes from. I've heard that a hundred times. But... I have too, Josh. I'm not disagreeing with you if you notice. But no, I, no, no. It was like, we hmm. want to go to the text, though. I'm like, well, I've got to look. Um, it, it could have to do with... We all, know, we all know there were two thieves and three wise men, right? Yeah. Oh, we three That's what I said, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yes. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole thing, though, is... Um, I think we don't God, know there were three wise men, but go ahead. Right, right. We don't know exactly. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought you were. I thought we knew it you was were. It was a joke. Yes. All right. Facetious. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, but but the reason is, and I, I was kind of kind of going to answer it along those lines, is because three wise men has become um, traditional because there were three gifts. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and think so, thieves and criminals that were probably a little bit of that history too. I I think the most important part, trying to get back on task here, is that as we look at Jesus as a suffering servant, we do, as Josh has said and Pete has said, we do see the power of God's love coming to life. He wants to redeem us. He wants us to be in His presence forever and ever and all eternity. And. Yeah. That is the point that we all need to revel in with the suffering servant, that he suffered for us, he died for us, but he also rose. I mean, you know, as you can tell at the end of the Philippians text I shared, it's celebrating in Christ's victory as much as it is observing yeah. that pain and suffering that he yeah. did for us. So that was yeah. sort of where I was leaning in, thinking about the suffering servant and, you know, that journey that we have during the season of Lent. So... Pete, do you have anything else? Um, no, I think you've covered it pretty well. Um, just again, I, it, it just shows the love of God. I, I, my humanity, my human self, kind of wants to be like Peter was in the gospel when, when, when Jesus said he's going to suffer, and Peter said, "Oh no, you're not. We're not going to let you do that." You know, I, I want to look at it from the human standpoint. I wish Jesus wouldn't have had to go through all that, but he did. Um, I don't always have the great answer about why. I think we've tried to answer it here, but I think even our own human attempts are, are insufficient. You know, we, we can we can try, but we're never going to know. Your ways, you're saying that God's ways are higher than yours? Yeah, maybe a little really not. bit. I think. I think maybe a little bit, kind of like we, we, we've talked about in the past, about how, how as men we're never going to be able to really know what it is to experience being a mother. You know, there's just something that, that we can't do. Just we can't experience being God, but we can we can experience being human. And I think that God becoming human helps us to understand that he went, that Jesus went through um, the things that we go through and he understands our experiences. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, if you're going through any suffering or any pain and you're trying to figure out where God is, is in it, 
Look to that Isaiah 53 text and see that God uses suffering to redeem and love us and that God is there in the suffering. And yep. he is, if you reach out to, you know, a pastor or a very dear Christian friend for wisdom and trying to figure out what's going on, um, start with Christian counsel and see how God can use your suffering to draw, him clo- draw you closer to him. And yep. you can see it in the suffering servant. I think that's a fantastic way for us to end there, Don. That was a beautiful summation. And and I couldn't have said it better. Josh maybe could have, but I don't know. I, I'd like to. Oh, wait. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, and that's the point. That's why we're doing these podcasts. Yes, we enjoy doing them, but we hope that that as people who are listening to these podcasts, that you're being edified, that you're being drawn closer to Jesus, that you're being helped. And that's the reason why we do it. We're pastors. We want to bring people to Jesus. We want to bring people closer to Jesus. And that's our intention here. And Jesus did truly suffer and die because he loves us so much that he'd rather go through all that than live in heaven forever without us. So, Josh Kugel, thank you for joining us via telephone from Illinois today. And Don McDonald, thank you for joining us via Zoom from Illinois today, but not quite in the same area. Thank you for all the words that you shared with us leading that, Don. And this is Pastor Pete Becky um, from Ohio today, which is where I usually am. And we're just thankful that you're joining us for Reconciling Grace. Lord willing, we'll see you again next time. God bless. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.